Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Bill Press with the Young Turks Network. Recently had a chance to sit down with a great senator, Bernie Sanders. Uh, talked about a lot of issues. I started out by asking him, Okay, Donald Trump's going to be sworn in as the 45th president of the United States. What does that mean for Americans? I think it's a frightening and challenging moment. Uh, I think we have never had a candidate run for president who in many ways ran his campaign based on bigotry, uh, based on uh, xenophobia based on sexism, based on racism. And it is absolutely imperative that the American people respond in a united way to tell Mr. Trump that he is not going to push those type of ideas on us. We're not going backwards. We have struggled too long against racism and sexism and homophobia and xenophobia. We're going to unite, and we're not going to let him do some of the terrible things uh, that he talked about doing. Some of the terrible things specifically, what policy well, do you think are the biggest, biggest dangers? Immigration. I mean, that's right up there. Look, uh, at the end of the day, what Republicans want to do, what's in their DNA, is to give huge tax breaks to billionaires to exacerbate the unbelievable level of income and wealth inequality we have. And then they want to cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and federal aid to education, environmental protection. That's basically what they want to do. But you know what? 90% of the American people don't agree with them, so they got a problem. They're not going to run 30-second ads and say, hey, vote for me. I'm going to cut Social Security and give tax breaks to billionaires. So what do they have to do? It's the old story. It's what demagoguery is always about, is you deflect attention away from those issues, and you get one group of people uh, fighting another group of people. And I think the scapegoat right now is the immigrant community. And we have got to stand absolutely alongside of the 11 million undocumented people in this country, many of whom have been here for years. They're working, they're paying taxes, they're law-abiding, they're raising their kids, and we cannot allow Mr. Trump or anybody else to suddenly throw them out of this country. That is unacceptable, that is immoral, that is not what America is supposed to be. Uh, but it is, you know, his recent comment on John Lewis is just a continuation of his, to say the least, insensitivity to be strong in his racism uh, regarding the African-American community. Remember, this is a man who led the so-called Bertha effort, trying to suggest that Barack Obama, our first African-American president, was not a legitimate president. Uh, that is racism. So we've got to be, all of our antenna have got to be up. We've got to stop him in every way. The other area mm -hmm. uh, that we should all be very nervous about, I just five minutes ago was talking with Governor Perry, uh, Rick Perry, who is uh, Trump's nominee to be Secretary of Energy. Uh, here is a presidential candidate, uh, Mr. Trump, who told the American people that in his view, climate change was a hoax. Well, I got news for him. It is not a hoax. The scientific community is virtually 100 united 
100% in telling us that it is a great environmental uh, planetary crisis. And we've got to transform our energy system. I worry about that. And I'll tell you what else I worry about, Bill. And that is when Trump, you'll remember a month or so ago, sent out a tweet uh, which said that he would have won the popular vote if it weren't for millions of illegal people, illegal voters. Who that voted? is total nonsense. That's insanity. But it is a message being sent to Republican governors all over this country that you should continue the effort toward voter suppression. So I worry about his bigotry. I worry about his ignorance regarding uh, climate change. I worry about attacks on the fundamentals of American democracy and voter suppression, etc. You mentioned John Lewis. Do you agree with John Lewis that Donald Trump is not a legitimate president? I think those are, you can use, look, do I think that the Russians played a role in electing Trump? Yeah, I do. I think Trump is going to be inaugurated on Friday. And what we have got to do is figure out the best strategy in terms of resisting uh, some of the very negative ideas that he has and working with him when we can. Uh, now, Trump, for an, interestingly enough, let's give two or three areas. Uh, Trump just last week, he said, and by the way, it's more than many Democratic presidents have said. He said that Farmer is getting away with murder. Well, in my view, that's an understatement. Uh, Farmer, uh, which is the, the major pharmaceutical industries, made $50 billion in profit. Five major companies made $50 billion in profit last time we had information. Meanwhile, one out of five Americans can't afford the prescription drugs they need. The cost of prescription drugs are soaring. If Trump really does believe that pharma is out of control, if he really wants to work with us in taking on the drug companies and lowering the cost of prescription drugs in this country, we're going to have some very strong legislation for him to support. We're going to demand that the government, that Medicare negotiate drug prices with the pharmaceutical industry, and we are going to fight for so-called reimportation, which allows distributors and pharmacists to buy lower-cost drugs around the world, because we pay by far the highest prices in the world. Uh, so if Trump is serious about that, let's work on that. Trump said, Bill, uh, during his campaign, this is really interesting. He so said, on, the, on the drugs, if I can, is that's one area where you believe possibly Democrats and Donald Trump could work together? Possibly. Now, the problem with Trump is he's a pathological liar. I mean, and I, and I hate to say that because I don't say that about, you know, my Republican colleagues. They're conservatives. It doesn't make this mean them to be liars. They believe what they believe. You don't know what Trump actually believes, if anything. All I can tell you uh, is he has stated on more than one occasion, uh, most recently, that uh, Farmer is getting away with murder. That's an exact quote. If he is serious about that, if he doesn't change his mind tomorrow, yeah. We have very specific legislation that we are in the process of introducing, I and other Democrats, uh, which would substantially lower the cost of prescription drugs in this country. And if Trump wants to work with us on that, great, let's do it. That's what the American people want. Another area, mm -hmm. uh, Trump has obviously ran his campaign uh, truth on, on the fact that the American economy has lost millions of decent paying jobs as a result of disastrous trade policies, NAFTA permanent normal trade relations with China. Now, again, with Trump, should we believe what he said uh, during the campaign? Is he really going to fight for policies that will make fundamental changes in our trade policies? I don't know the answer to that. Nobody does. Uh, but if he, in fact, is serious about changing our trade policy so we protect American jobs and American workers rather than the CEOs of large corporations, we've got legislation 
uh, that we're going to introduce. We'd love to have them on board that legislation. Infrastructure would be a third example. Mm -hmm. He's talked a lot about our crumbling infrastructure. Our infrastructure is crumbling. Now, the ideas that he came up with were preposterous in terms of how you fund it, which is giving huge tax credits to large multinational corporations, which is a totally absurd, just a giveaway to corporate America. But if he really wants to rebuild our roads and our bridges and our water systems and wastewater plants with sensible financing, yeah, let's work on that and create jobs doing that. We'll come back to the inauguration for a second. Do you plan to attend the inauguration on Friday? Yeah, I, I do attend. Do you, do, are you afraid that your presence might be seen as an affirmation of no, his presence? Look, you know, that's, that's his media stuff, I think, to a large degree. Trump is going to be elected, is going to be uh, inaugurated. inaugurated. Uh, that's the fact. The question that we have to deal with, not whether you attend or you don't attend, media is interested in that. The question is, what do you do to stop his disastrous ideas? What do you do to rally the American people to fight for a progressive agenda? That's what we've got to focus on. And I want to get to that. Is, is one of the first steps not to approve every one of his nominees? You have to look at his nominees, nominee by nominee, and I am, and I will tell you that his nominees, by and large, with some exceptions, are disastrous. I mean, he had the opportunity. He ran, you know, we can all agree, an unconventional campaign, right? We can all agree on that. And he was to absolutely... Be kind. But, to, to be, be kind. Unkind. All right. <laughs> you know, and uh, he could have come in and said, look, you know, I took on the Republican establishment. I'm not beholden. In fact, as you know, he was very critical of of Republicans during his, his, his campaign. Uh, he could have come in and really said, look, I am not beholden to special interest. I'm a multi-billionaire. I'm not beholden to the right wing of the Republican Party. I'm going to appoint the best people I can. And it really, you know, people would have said, wow, that's pretty good. Uh, but in fact, what he chose to do is not even do what George W. Bush did, go to a center-right, by and large, with some exceptions. He really appointed right-wing extremists, really uh, some very, very extreme people. I mean, you have this guy Pruitt, uh, who is nominated to be secretary of the uh, EPA, EPA, who doesn't believe in environmental protection. So you have a, a guy to be nominated to be secretary of the Environmental Protection Agency who doesn't believe in environmental protection. Uh, Rick Perry, obviously, uh, throughout his career. Uh, has been uh, skeptical about whether climate change is real. I think he referred to it like Trump did as a hoax. And this guy's going to be head of the energy uh, department at a time when we need to uh, listen to the scientists transform our energy system away from fossil fuel. You know, uh, another disastrous appointment. You got a person who's nominated to be Secretary of Energy, Ms. DeVos. Uh, uh, education. To be, I'm sorry, to be uh, Secretary of Education. Uh, uh, Betsy DeVos, who basically has been at war against public education. On and on it goes. So, you know, I think you look at the nominees one by one, you don't make a blanket statement, but these are, many of them are really, really bad nominations. Are you prepared to tell us today, uh, do you plan to vote for Jeff Sessions for Attorney General? Look, I think what I have said is that I, before you make that statement, you got to have a hearing. Uh, and you have to talk to him. I have not talked to Sessions yet. In fact, I think we have something online this week. Uh, but I will say this. So all that I'm saying is I don't think it's appropriate to, you know, it doesn't matter what I say today as opposed to tomorrow or the next day or how I vote. What matters is that uh, we have an attorney general 
who understands that it is absolutely imperative for the federal government and the Department of Justice to do everything he or she can to end this outrage of voter suppression. All right? Is Mr. Sessions prepared to tell me, and I have not yet met with him, that he is alarmed by the kind of voter suppression, the war against the ability of poor people and older people and people of color to vote? Well, I haven't heard him say that. Uh, is he prepared to tell me that he will protect uh, the dignity and the rights of the immigrant community? I haven't heard him say uh, that. So, you know, I, before I tell you what I'm going to do, I've got to talk to him. But I have very serious concerns about his nomination as well as many of uh, Trump's other nominations. I want to ask you about Obamacare. You and I agree it's not, it's far from the perfect plan. Republicans in a rush to repeal it. Is it worth fighting for Obamacare? Yeah. What I think the strategy should be is to tell the Republicans that it is absolutely unconscionable uh, to be talking and moving to throw 20 million people off of health insurance. There is no doubt that thousands of people will die if they do that. If I throw you off health insurance and you get sick and you can't afford to go to a doctor or go to a hospital, you know, you're going to die unnecessarily. That's terrible. That's unacceptable. Uh, they are talking, of course, I mean, what uh, Paul Ryan and, and uh, uh, Representative Price have been talking about for years is their desire to privatize Medicare, make it into a voucher program, a total disaster. They're talking about the funding Planned Parenthood, two and a half million people, uh, many of whom are low-income women, get their health care through Planned Parenthood. You're going to throw those uh, people, uh, deny them the right to go to Planned Parenthood, uh, an organization that provides high-quality health care. going to raise the price of prescription drugs for seniors if you uh, repeal the Affordable Care Act. So, yeah, I think we have to defend the Affordable Care Act, not let them uh, throw so many people, millions of people off of health insurance. But on the other hand, we have got to say as progressives, the Affordable Care Act did not go far enough. We are the only major country on earth not to provide health care to all people as a right. We need to move toward a Medicare for all single payer program, which will be far more cost effective than what we have right now, much less complicated. We have to lower the cost of prescription drugs. Medicare is going to negotiate prices with the pharmaceutical industry. We need reimportation. So the answer is, yeah, you defend the Affordable Care Act today. Simultaneously, you fight for a Medicare for all single payer program. Let's talk about the Democratic Party, if we can, Senator. What shape do you think the Democratic Party is in today after this campaign and after this uh, huge loss? Well, it's not what I think, Bill. It's what the objective evidence is. Um, we are. Uh, we are in opposition to a Republican party which has moved from being a center-right party to a right-wing extremist party, a party that uh, believes that we should give unlimited tax breaks to billionaires and the wealthiest people in this country and wants to cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and virtually every other important federal program. And guess what? Despite that ridiculous and absurd agenda which is supported probably not by not more than 10% of the American people, Democrats managed to lose. So what we have seen in the last eight years, notwithstanding Obama's two victories, we have seen the United States Senate go Republican, we've seen the House go Republican, 
We now have about two-thirds of governor's chairs are held by Republicans, some 900 legislative uh, seats in, in uh, state houses all over this country have gone from Democrat to Republican. That is a terrible record. And anyone who comes before me or before you and says, well, you know, we're doing pretty good. The, the status quo is okay. We don't need any fundamental changes in the way the Democratic Party does business. They're crazy. I mean, that is just dead wrong. It goes without saying when you have a record in which you're losing so badly, we need fundamental reforms of the Democratic Party. So how do you fix it? You fix it uh, for a start by electing uh, Keith Ellison as the new chair of the DNC. And I think what Keith understands and what I understand is that we need uh, top to bottom reform. And that means fundamentally changing the structure of the Democratic Party from being a top down party controlled by what I would call a liberal elite uh, connected to a whole lot of big money interests and transforming that into a party of working people, of lower income people, of young people who are prepared to stand up and take on the establishment. I don't think the Democratic Party advances and wins elections unless it is clear as to which side it is on. You can't go around telling working people throughout this country, we're on the side of workers, we're on the side of the poor, we're on the side of the elderly, we're on the side of the sick. Oh, but by the way, we really can't take on pharma. We can't take on the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, we can't take on Wall Street. We can't take on corporate America. But trust us, we're really on your side. Well, you know what? Nobody believes that. All right. You remember the old um, Woody Guthrie song, Which Side Are You On? Mm -hmm. You remember that song. I won't sing it to you. You don't want to hear that. <laughs> we heard it on your album. <laughs> Hearing it once is bad enough. You don't want to hear it again. Uh, but that is what it's about. And, and, and I'll tell you the good news here. I think more and more, uh, while there's a lot of resistance from the Democratic establishment, I think more and more Democrats understand that there has to be a profound uh, change in the way the Democratic Party does business. And I'll give you just a concrete example. I am very proud. Uh, that just this Sunday, two days ago, uh, working with the Democratic leadership who understands the need for profound change, uh, we decided to do something that the Democrats have never done before in the modern history of this country. I don't know what went on 50 years ago, but certainly since I've been active, it has never been done. And that is, instead of just holding press conferences, you know, here in Washington, talking to the Washington Post, uh, what we did is organized rallies in 70 communities all over this country to rally, to bring people together, to say, you know what, you're not going to say to the Republicans, you're not going to throw 20 million people off health insurance, and you're not going to privatize Medicare or make devastating cuts in Medicaid or defund Planned Parenthood. I was in Michigan, where Senators, uh, 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 Senators Stabenow and Peters were there, Senator Schumer was there. We had 8,000 people out, which is the damn good turnout uh, for an outdoor event in January in um, Macomb County, Michigan. A great rally in Boston where uh, Elizabeth Warren was at. We had great rallies in Maryland, I think. Mm -hmm. So we're bringing people out, and this is new for the Democratic Party. Actually going out, talking to people, bringing them into, the, and that's the direction we've got to go. So I think we're off to a, a fairly good start. And, and in your campaign, sir, and one other factor that you've talked a lot about and you've proved in your campaign is that you can have a successful campaign without taking big money and having a super PAC. Is that part of the Democratic Party's that has reform? That has, I mean, frankly, you know, that's my view. I cannot tell you that uh, the Democratic leadership has signed off on this. But it gets back to 
the issue of which side you're on. And look, you know, everyone, everybody who's ever received any money from a special interest, everybody's, doesn't matter to me, I got $18 billion from the oil companies, doesn't matter to me, I am completely impervious, I'll vote my conscience. Or I got all kinds of money from the drug companies, doesn't matter to me. That's what everybody says. Nobody believes it. Nobody believes it. Uh, the oil companies and Wall Street and the drug companies are not stupid. They're not going to give you money unless they think they're going to get something in return. So I think, you know, the good news, I think what we can learn from my campaign is if you are prepared to stand up to Wall Street and you say, you know what, Wall Street's business model is fraud, which it is, that it's amazing that Wall Street executives have not been tossed in jail for the illegal role they played in destroying our economy in 2008. Uh, that the pharmaceutical industry is ripping off the American people. Also, by the way, a whole lot of illegal activity within the drug companies. Many of them get fined for illegal mm -hmm. activity. That the fossil fuel industry is destroying our planet. These are statements that most Americans agree with. And if we're going to make those statements, we can't take their money, but we need money. We've got to overturn this disaster of Citizens United. We've got to move to public funding of elections, but you need money in elections. And the only way, I think, the sensible way is to have strong progressive public policies, get people involved in the political process, and they are prepared to contribute $27 or $30 or $10 or $50. That's the way you fund a progressive party. One last question, Senator, which is that uh, our viewers, our listeners, and across the board, what we hear from progressives is they, they want to know what they can do right now. They're looking for some message of hope or some message, some direction, and how to, basically how to survive the next four years under Donald Trump. What is your message to progressives who might just feel totally disgusted or disillusioned with politics today? Well, that's not a good enough answer. My, my first response, Bill, would be just that, because I've heard that saying, oh, I'm disgusted, yeah, I'm disillusioned. Yeah. Well, you know what? You don't, have, you don't have the right to hold that view, because the stakes are too great. We're fighting. I've got seven grandchildren. You got some grandchildren? Five. All right. We're fighting for those children. We're fighting for the future of the planet. We're fighting for the elderly. We're fighting for disabled veterans. We're fighting for working people. And it is not acceptable. It is not appropriate for people to say, oh, I'm just disgusted. I'm, I'm out of it. Because if you're out of it, then it is more likely that right wing, the right wing agenda will prevail. So you got a you got to get into it. Now, what role do you play? Well, there are a lot of things that we could do right now. The immediate fight we are engaged in, and people can do it, can get engaged in this fight, is to say to the Republicans, you live in a district, we have a Republican who voted for a repeal of the Affordable Care Act, you say, fine, Mr. Republican, what's your view to improve that act? All right, you think deductibles are too high? I agree with you. What's your plan to lower deductibles? What's your plan to have the United States join every other major country and guarantee health care to all people? What's your plan to lower the cost of prescription drugs? Get involved. Engage. There are elections coming up in 2017 in a number of states around mm -hmm. this country. But it's not only electoral politics. There are a lot of ways that people can get involved. There are many fights out there. Right now, as I mentioned, I am very worried about Trump's views uh, and appointments regarding climate change. All right? We cannot allow them to continue to support fossil, the fossil fuel industry. So back in your own state, work with your state government. For example, in New York State now, on another issue, all right, I, another issue out there is the fact that we got hundreds of thousands of bright young people can't afford to go to college. A lot of people are leaving school deeply in debt. Well, you know what? 
that issue of making public colleges and universities tuition free that I raised during my presidential campaign beginning to resonate, beginning to resonate. Talk to your governor if you live in Oklahoma, if you live in Mississippi. Tell them you don't think you should be graduating college $50,000 in debt. Mobilize people. The bottom line in all of this, Bill, is we have been led, the media does this, the establishment does it, they tell the American people in so many words, you're powerless, nothing you can do. Oh yeah, you can vote for president every four years, but you know, maybe even not. But the truth is that if people stand up and fight back, they are powerful. What Republicans hope is they can push through ugly legislation, destructive legislation, and nobody will notice. Our job is to make sure that people do notice, and if they fight back, I think we can win some major battles. Senator Bernie Sanders, so from one young Turk to another, we there thank you, you for your time today, Senator, okay. and thank your leadership on so many issues. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much.